0: discount. We'd love to see you there. This is absolutely something that we support, and we think that Awaken is a part of the growing church movement that we want to see moving forward. Once again, if you enter code absurdity at awakennc.com, you'll get a 10% discount off the initial price. Love to see you guys there. Do you want to use visual storytelling
1: to change lives? Do you feel called to develop filmmaking skills that expand your reach, or use your existing skills to tell more meaningful stories? Walla Walla University offers a Master of Arts degree in Cinema, Religion, and Worldview. This two-year hybrid master's program means you'll spend two weeks each year on campus in intensive courses and the remaining time learning online so you can continue to earn while you learn. When you apply now for the summer 2019 cohort, your application fee will be waived. To learn more, visit filmforhim.org called. That's F-I-L-M, the number four, him.org slash called. Tell stories, create change. Today's episode of Absurdity is sponsored by the Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. To check them out, go to www.thehaystack.org. The Haystack, life, culture, theology. Hey, everyone, quick apology for you. Uh, I accidentally had the wrong microphone selected in Adobe Audition when we recorded this. So you are going to get my raw audio from my laptop. My sincerest apologies to you. Uh, I understand if you can't make it through the whole thing, that is my fault, uh, but I, I will promise, I mean, we've done this 84 times and 85 times, so uh, this is the first time it's happened, so I don't think it'll happen again, but my apologies, bear with us, uh, I promise you, I will do my best to make sure this doesn't happen again. Hey everyone, welcome to Absurdity, an exploration of all things absurd in religion, culture, and society, and I am joined once again by my wonderful co-host, Tony, whom I love so much, and I just found out I will soon be reunited with in person. We will jump into each other's arms. So much love. And then we will go see Detective Pikachu together. Um,
0: 80s movies. 80s music are, is going to play. Oh, like, it's going to be gonna slow happen. motion. We'll run through a field. So my dad... So I had a really cool thing. My dad came up here for the weekend. He was speaking for the um, Andrews University Latino Association, whatever, graduation thing. And... um I got a bunch of people. Oh, is that your dad? Yes. Tony Anoboli is my dad, as it turns out. Um, anyway, so, uh, but he was listening to the episode we did on, um, uh, it was uh, uh, the the different, um, uh, where we had the denominational, denominational oh, superiority. Yes. So he started off that episode and he just was cracking up with the fact that we took like 10 minutes to talk about like allergies and like our love of movies and whatever. And he just, he kept laughing. He thought it was so great. Like he loved it. Don't get me wrong, but he just thought it was hilarious. Cause he's like, I, I got on to listen to denominational superiority and I'm hearing about allergies and he's just cracking up. And I thought it was so cool to have that kind of moment where I'm like, Oh, my dad's listening to the podcast. Yeah. That's actually, with that's me cool. me. Well, don't worry. He'll get hearing my voice. Um, with that being said, how, so two things, number one, have you seen the sonic, trailer yes sonic the hedgehog trailer yes okay what are your thoughts before i get to point i haven't been
1: able to sleep since i've seen it
0: right okay yeah so it's that thing of like my therapist don't worry sonic the hedgehog cannot hurt you sonic the hedgehog yeah exactly that meme like okay number one number two i heard the best conspiracy theory i think i've ever heard okay ever i don't believe in conspiracy theories they're theories for a reason I don't listen to most of them. 90% of the conspiracy theory or the theories about Endgame were wrong. They took it in an amazing way. Um, But with the Sonic, I think this one's legit. They said, crap, it's coming at the same time as the Pikachu movie. What do we do? We can't compete with that. And they go, well, what if we just make this horrible trailer and we just take like three months, make this horrible trailer and then pretend to fix it, but actually have the correct version on the film. And I thought that would be a marketing coup on a level like I mean, Sun that's Zoo just that's couldn't just, come up with a better.
1: I mean, that's just that's everyone's talking about it. That's just presidential politics 101 now marketing a movie. That's all that is. You just make up a fake I issue that's never existed, to get everyone riled, riled up about it. It's though.
0: Yeah, that's all you it do. It really is. It truly is genius because it's like, well, it's like with Grand Theft Auto, they used to like pay to air you know like angry ads against grand theft auto to sell it and i'm like it's that same thing you know uh, uh the the manager of elvis used to sell the i hate elvis you know stickers and and pins and all that stuff like it's just that level of genius of like let's make everyone hate this film because even if they hate it they're probably gonna watch it yep absolutely Yeah, like, that's genius I don't know if that's what they did, but if they did, hats off. Tip of the cap. Tip of the cap to you. Mm -hmm. Now that I've wasted everyone's time. (laughs) Um, hey, I actually want to intro this episode. uh, I'm going to forego the
1: Patreon and Facebook stuff this episode because I want to open. It is something somber. It's something that I really wanted to at least touch on on this podcast uh, as we move forward. Um, But Saturday, May 4, uh, Rachel Held Evans uh, passed away. Uh, She was a... I, I'm gonna go ahead and just say she was a theologian. I don't have any other there's no I don't think there's an she was. She really was. She was. Like yeah. um she is I responsible. Think that's what her degree was in. She was responsible for a whole host of Christians like like a burned um hateful or full of hate Christians. Like like Christians who'd walked away from faith because they've been burned by it, they've been hurt by it, they 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 had doubts they were wrestling with. Like she is the one who opened the door for them. To come back um, to begin having conversations about God and with God again, um, and if you've never read her work, I like I I can't encourage you uh, enough to go read her work. Her latest book, Inspired, um, takes some of the biblical imagery, turns it into poetry, and just recaptures uh, some of the beauty that exists in Scripture. Uh, and just what she did, she stood up to the male establishment of evangelicalism. She opened, she paved the way, and 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 sought to create opportunities for other women in ministry and to give them a platform. Uh, she created two conferences where that was the case. Um, just her contribution, like I'm so excited to see over the coming years, just what this, the outcome of the impact of what she did was or, or, or will be. Um, I, I just shocked by it all. It was um, complications from the flu, complications from reactions to medication coming out of a yeah. medically induced yeah. coma. Coma and then her brain sw- uh her brain had swelling and she was basically she was in the hospital from April 15 and May 3 is when they were told when i think her husband was told like she's not coming back from this and then Saturday morning she died um and i got absolutely gutted by that
0: absolutely well, it, gutted it, it was it was so it happens so quickly. I think that's the thing is sometimes you hear about people who have been sick for a while or they've been struggling or they have a history, you know, of illness. And with, with uh, Rachel, it just happens so quickly, you know, and I and I kind of only knew about her from Twitter. Um, I haven't read any of her books, um, but I followed her and I thought she had an incredible uh, message that she was saying. Um, learned a lot about, you know, her, her ministry and what she was doing from Twitter and you know, it just it was like one second she was on talking about, you know, getting ready for Lent and you know, getting ready for Easter, and the next second all of a sudden you're like, Where's where'd she go? And um, yeah, it was it was just yeah. very devastating to the Christian community as a whole. I think her and Ed Stetzer are two of the big evangelical voices that I really appreciate because in my mind they they take the stereotype that we have in our head of who evangelicals are and they turn it around. I was going to say, she's you know? not like, They really do it. A... She,
1: by the traditional definition of an evangelical, right, like exactly. she got kicked out basically. Like oh yeah, she lost oh, yeah. everything standing up for what she believed in as oh, yeah. far as like status in the church was concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and she got, um, she got welcomed in by this group of misfits that she ministered to. And, um, and, and honestly, like for an example, um, We read, I think we read some of her tweets, but if we didn't, um, the episodes that we did on denominational superiority and Adventist exceptionalism.
0: We we, we, we definitely quoted her, I think, at least once. Heavily,
1: heavily derived from things that she said about evangelical exceptionalism. So, like, just do yourself a favor and read through her Twitter for five minutes. Like, and you will see, um, she, incredible woman. as an
0: Adventist, yeah, even as an Adventist, I, I resonated so well with her message um, and if she was not a quote-unquote theologian, she was a woman who understood theology, and in particular, I would say good theology, mm-hmm. uh, someone who truly understood the heart of God. In one sense, you know, I, I love this quote that that she said one time, you know, I thought that God was calling me to make gay people straight, and it said he was calling me to make gay people Christians. And, um, you know, I, I think that's such an excellent snapshot of of her life is she was not trying to change anybody she was trying to lead them to christ and that's exactly what she did mm-hmm. is is uh with her life and uh whether you agree with her theology or not you cannot argue with the actions yep. um, that her life had and And she will be missed we mourn as those um we mourn not as those who don't do not have hope but it is a it's a big loss for the for the christian community for the christian family absolutely People.
1: absolutely um yeah so Um, We're praying for her family, um, for her friends as well, those close to her. I mean, I can't imagine the grief they're experiencing. Well, to some extent, I can from the unexpected nature of it all. I was going to say, unfortunately, but
0: you kind of can a little bit, a
1: little bit, but it's still not the same. Um, They went through a roller coaster um, and I don't it's not about comparing grief to grief, but grief is just grief. Um, so that's all I wanted. I I just wanted to take a couple minutes to talk about that. And if you've never encountered her work, just go encounter it, please. Like just go read, pick up a book, uh, or off of Amazon or something, just go do it because she was incredible and she was accessible. I got an early copy of inspired just by signing up to, to be an early reader of one of the early prints of the book. Um, like yeah, she was very yeah. accessible and, and opened everything up to people. It was, it was awesome. So, um, also this is uh, as we as we kind of transition this is my first episode that we've recorded of absurdity where I' am now on ADHD medication. It is official that I've talked about ADHD a couple times uh, so far and this is kind of the final update I'm going to give on it, which is that I got my final diagnosis last week and got started medication on um, on May 2 or May 3 no May 2 sorry May 2 and uh, immediate. Life change, (laughs) Uh, immediate. I was going to say
0: you have made unsustained, unbroken, or not unsustained, but unbroken sustained eye contact this entire time, and it's freaking me out, man. I I,
1: it is very weird to not fidget as much, to uh, be able to sit down
0: and work on stuff and not have to move a million times. Like I may have to like steal some from you, try to get. I'm trying to get my semester is over, and I'm still trying to get assignments done. Explain that to me. Explain it, Becker. I believe in you. Stupid brain. I believe in you.
1: No, I, I will say, if anyone's <laughs> going to
0: ask me what the medication is, I'm not going to
1: tell you, uh, mainly because I think that is something that should be discussed with your doctor. There's so many different oh, medications yeah, no, no, no. and categories. Yeah. Like It's something you need to well, discuss.
0: And that's personal. Yeah, but I mean, it's just, know, just that's the one. one thing I hate. It's <laughs> this that, whole it's thing, that thing is personal. Who force pastors, <laughs> yeah, I hate that people who force pastors to just reveal yeah. where they got the things they got, yeah. man. Uh, <laughs> there's one thing. We should do an episode. Uh, on that. Yeah. Um, the.
1: But yeah. Uh, so I won't talk about what the medication is. All I can say is please go get help. Uh, it took me two months. Three doctor's appointments is all it took. And um, now I actually have help. And I'm wondering how I live my life this entire time without it. Uh, just insane. Uh, the difference it has. And I know that it's not going to always be this way. I know I'll have bad days. I know that it's not perfect. Um, but man, am I so glad to be, I'm actually excited to, I'm I'm ending vacation today, tomorrow I go back to work and I'm just so excited to actually get back to work and see what I can do in an office
0: now. Kendra Stanley had the best quote though. She responded to you on Twitter. She was like, I, the first time I took it, I just sat down and did an assignment and it's no, was it you? Was it you who said that? Or was it her? It was, she said, yeah, people, you mean people just, this is how people live. Like, this is what they're like every day? Like, I cracked up because I'm like, yo, no, that's legit how it feels. Yeah. When you're on this, you're just like, wait, you can just sit down and do something? I don't understand.
1: She actually messaged me. She messaged me after that thread, kind of the last tweet that I sent, and she really just sent some powerful words of encouragement.
0: Oh, that's awesome. She was
1: never my professor at Southern. Like, I never really got to connect with her. Twitter's my, but man, I have so much massive respect for her.
0: Uh, Oh, incredible.
1: Incredible amount. All right. Um, Man. So, sorry for the heavy update, or heavy uh, intro, everyone. We should
0: just make, like, a um, supplemental yeah. episode. Just on our like, riffing for the day. Yeah.
1: Um, all right, so let's let's get down to brass tacks. It's down to brass tacks, Tony. We've been wanting to talk I, about this for a while.
0: I don't use brass tacks. I use bronze. Okay, let's get down to bronze
1: tacks, Tony. Um, I think... Um, We've been wanting to talk about church for a while. <laughs> we always talk yeah. about church. Ha, ha, ha. You're so clever. Kind no, of. we want it. We one of the things that recently came out was that Francis Chan, uh, popular author of Crazy Love and I think Forgotten God and now uh, Letters to the Church. Um, he recently was in the news and a relevant article and some other stuff about he took a picture with a prosperity gospel preacher, Benny Hinn at a conference that both of them were speaking at and he got a ton of backlash for it because prosperity gospel, yada, yada. And Francis Chan had to defend himself and denounce, um, and denounce prosperity gospel stuff. And, and it was kind of ridiculous. He just took a picture with the dude, like the world's not going to, they were both speakers at a conference. It's not like he approached a celebrity, like, you know, a celebrity. A little bit last week. Yeah.
0: That idea of, he was just like, I take, Like people come up and ask me for pictures. I didn't really realize who it was. Yeah. So, um,
1: but, and this got me thinking about Francis Chan in general and kind of the nature of church because, uh, Francis Chan, if you don't know, he left a mega church of 5,000 people. And there's actually a video circulating from about two years ago, uh, why Francis Chan left his mega church. And, uh, one of the quotes that he said was he started to like read the Bible and think about the fact that like. He said, uh, God intended for all of his people, all of the body, to have these supernatural gifts, the the spiritual gifts, right? These supernatural gifts that they use to contribute to the body and to contribute to the world. Um, And he said, 5,000 people were showing up every week to hear my gift instead of exercising theirs. And he said, not only that, I was wasting money on people in other countries are going to church for free, and we're spending millions of dollars to make this church run every year. And and so he began to ask the question, what would it look like if the body of Christ loved each other and pursued the spiritual gifts? Those, th- those are the questions he asked. Um, and I think those are relevant questions to ask because what he didn't, what, in none of that was he questioning that people loved Jesus. So he's saying people already love Jesus. They, they, they call themselves the body of Christ. So what would it look like if now they could love each other and exercise their spiritual gifts? So all of this prompted Francis Chan to leave his church. He gave up everything, and now he's created basically a network of house churches, and he's trained—at the time that he recorded th- that interview, it was July 1, I think was when it was posted, in 2017, and we'll link it in the description. Um, he uh, he had already trained over 30 pastors um, that were doing it for free and just operating house churches, and it was an alternate model of church that that was missional, that was—and and we have a friend in Adventism that's a big fan of yeah, stuff like right, this— yeah. Sean Brace, um, with, Mission, with Mission Lab as the podcast, and great guy, love the stuff that, that he's doing, love what Francis Chan is doing here, and I think he's, he, this was, this, these, these questions prompted good action, right and yeah. massive, res, whether, regardless of theology, massive respect for someone who walks away from a 5,000 person church, and the, and the salary. And decides to, yeah. yeah, and the salary of it, and, um, and just to follow what he believes to be God's voice in his life. And to be clear, just because he called Francis Chan to walk away from five thousand people doesn't mean he called. You know, he's calling yeah, everyone else a, to leave. This is 100 not yeah, two hundred. No. No. no, this is like a this is a Francis Chan experience with God. That's what it was, and um, I think it is powerful. I think it's good, and I think it prompts a uh, discussion that's worth having, which is on the nature of church, the structure of church, the method of church, all of it. Um, I think there's. Um, you know, we'll talk obviously within the framework of Seventh Day Adventism because that's uh, that's kind of how we identify. That's how you and I, I identify mean, religiously or faithfully. If for real, it, in most, general,
0: most church services, if an alien came down and we took him to a church service, there wouldn't be that much difference between. No, just minor know, liturgical, ones. liturgical, and maybe, and maybe like the the style of music. Um, but if you go to a progressive Adventist church, I mean, you, I've been, I've been to everything across the spectrum and there's very, there's honestly very little difference. The rhythms are very, very similar.
1: Yep, absolutely. So the, so yeah, we'll talk, I mean, I guess theologically within our own framework, but in general, um, and I am going to reference, I think some church structure stuff here that is beyond, that is specific to Adventism, but, um, yeah, it is, it is, I mean, church is church. So, um, so, I think I, I
0: guess what what I think it would be good to kind of set a foundation though. So, some kind of phrases that you'll hear that we might use, so that everyone understands when we say the phrase "high church," we're talking about the traditional, um, heavily a uh, uh, structured. Um, Kind of what you think of when you think of old it's, church, it's, like almost a Christian, almost a mass. Yeah. You know, a mass would be it's, considered It's high very church. liturgical, very, very structured, very, very quiet. It's, you know, it's this um, is what's happening, and this is what's happening, and this is what's, and yeah. then we will do this, and this, and this. That's high church. When we say contemporary, we're talking about what you would, you know, Hillsong or Elevation Church, or you know what I mean, like something that's out there. And then non traditional, and and Becker just you can, can you know. You can work with me on this non-traditional. When I hear that, is something that is neither. Con- uh, 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 it's not in the middle, but it's neither high church and it's yeah. not contemporary. It's something that's yep. completely different. You know, it's like Monty yeah. Python. And to
1: be clear, yes, and to be clear, when we say non-traditional, we don't mean oh, well, my church is a lot like high church, but we sing no, some that's contemporary not what we're songs. So we're about. No, we're no, no, about no, 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 no.
0: That's traditional
1: service. Yes. The contemporary to high church scale is spectrum is a spectrum. You just identify somewhere on it.
0: Yeah. Um and and then there's, is, and then yeah, there's something no. over here. Yeah.
1: Non traditional would be like house churches and um things like that. Like that's well and that that's non traditional yeah, yeah. in even, my mind. And
0: even house churches can still have like a high church kind of a thing as far as their yeah. liturgy, but yeah, like that's kind of what we're talking about is Yeah. It was in the park. Mm-hmm. You know with a bunch of homeless dudes, and we just prayed that's a non-traditional type of service, kind of a thing. a Sunday service, yeah. right the one we talked about last week with Kanye, that would be non-traditional, right that would be yes one, absolutely. it's not contemporary it's, it's just these but it's flip. not a church yeah, service yeah, that's Tony. not a church service, which is what we're talking about uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it, that would be considered non-traditional,
1: yes. So if you don't know, if you didn't get that reference, go listen to last week's episode. Um, So let's talk. I mean, so the current church structure of like going to church, uh, participating in a in a building that is a neutral building. Right. It's not anyone's home. It's not anyone's private place. It is a um, it is a neutral building that people go to for some hours on Saturday or Sunday morning and they worship together. They fellowship together. They maybe eat a meal together, talk about ministry together. It serves as kind of a launching point for ministry as well. Um, it's kind of home base for 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 uh, for the body of Christ. It serves as, and there's so many of them. Um, yeah, so that, I mean, that's that's essentially what we're talking about when we talk about the church structure. So I, I, I think I, what I want to do is start by talking about some positives of that, some positive experiences maybe we've had with it. Um, I, 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 I hate just being negative on life uh, and on things that happen. So I, I think it is worth saying some positives because at the bottom, the bottom line is at the end of this episode, both Tony and I will still be going to quote unquote, traditional churches, you know, like we'll, st- the, so whether we think they're bad or good, we'll still be going to them. Uh, so it's not like, it, it's not like we're just going to rag on them and leave. Like there's some good, right. That we no, of that course exists. That's worth yeah. participating in. So I think for me, the, the, the biggest positive for me that I love is the neutrality of the place that you're going. Um, it doesn't feel like, um, I think, well, two, there's two big positives. First, the neutrality of the building or the neutrality of the location. The idea that I can go out of my home, I don't have to. I'm not a guest in someone else's home, so I have to mind manners. I have to mind all this, you know. I have to, I have to be really kind of on my best. I still am on my best behavior at church, but it's different when you're a guest in someone's home. Uh, I don't feel like I'm inconveniencing a host. Uh, I don't feel like like everyone's there for the same purpose. So I love that, um, and it's safe for people who are who are. It's theoretically safe for people um, who don't want to go to someone's home and be in some small intimate setting. So. Um, that's the first thing. The second thing is I think being in that kind of building or that kind of environment where you're with more than what can fit in a home, uh kind of reminds you of the bigger picture of what Christianity is. I'm part of something right. I'm part of something bigger than just me and some friends, me and my in my home. I'm part of something much bigger, this movement that's happening, this bigger body. And we and so I like that we
0: live in a house with a pretty big living room, but we can pack our living room with people who think like us. It's very hard unless you go to a political rally to pack a building full of people who think exactly like you. It's yep. very difficult to do. Well, it's even in political rallies. Yeah, I was going to say, don't let me think rephrase like that. You. Yeah, but to, for the most part, <laughs> they just protest. For the most part in real life, I mean, you think about it, it's like outside of maybe sporting events. And even then, I mean, which team has a, you know, As a as a group of fans that all agree on everything. So it's just it's much, much harder. It's much, much harder to have a kind of an echo chamber when you have a, a bigger church, a more traditional church. You you are just by proxy or just by the nature rather, having more diversity and more perspectives.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just just by just by the number of people present. Absolutely. So I think there's a lot of value in that. I also think that it does serve as a point to like Serves as storage for things. It's ser- like there's a lot of like I mean, I, regular benefits that the church I building serves. That, being able to register as a nonprofit with a business yeah. address, like being able to do all of these things that enable the church to save money, use money effectively, that kind of thing. Like yeah. I think there's some real benefits, like logistically I, I'll speaking. I'll even say this:
0: I know for a lot of people, they appreciate the ritual. Um, there's something calming and soothing about having. A ritual where it's not just me getting up and going to my, it's, it's, I'm going out. I'm, you know, I'm doing this. I know this. Mm-hmm. This is safe. This is, this is comforting. This is, this is something that I can recognize. It's, it's a ritual, you know. Um, that's why baseball players, do, that's why sports people, they have that ritual and people, oh, you're superstitious. No, it's because you want to get in that mentality of, I was hitting yep. well. So I'm going to keep repeating what I was doing because I want to go back to that place. Um, yep. it's an acting trick that I've used on more than one occasion. Um, when you want to get into a character for me, um, when I'm doing an, a, a, a character for a show or a movie or TV, um, I use a song in particular that I identify that character with. And so when I hear that song, or when I play that song for myself, I get back into that character. I think of those emotions. I think of the way, you know, the way of thinking. Um, so that ritual has, I think, a positive benefit too. Now that can be, good and bad, but I think there are some positive benefits to having that. This is what I'm going to do. You know, the Sabbath, it's, I mean, it's every, you know, we say it's the Saturday. um, But that idea of having something once a week, every week, this is what you're going to do.
1: And I think too, the other benefit, this was the biggest thing that ever happened to me uh, that that happened when I was pastoring in South Carolina was the ability for walk-ins, the opportunity for walk-ins. Um, I remember a dude came into our church drunk and high, like beyond comprehension. And when I when I got, to, he got there before me and I was, I, I uh, made it a habit to not show up for most of Sabbath school because I didn't want them to always defer to me for discussion points. And I wanted them to lead them and have them without the pastor present. And so I get there and this dude is just like, in the arms of one of my members sitting silently through everything, basically. And uh, we talked to him a little later and he's like, man, I was just driving through and I don't know what I, I passed by the church and I just felt some incredibly strong compulsion to, to park my car and go in. And that doesn't just like, I mean, I get the Holy Spirit can lead you to some random house, but if we were all doing random house churches, like the ability for someone to the, walk the in chances, off the street yeah. ask for help or the chances go much, are, are dramatically much, decreased. Yeah. Like it becomes actually – by nature, it becomes exclusive. Like literally by nature, it becomes invite only. Um, And, and so it is very, very – and I'm not saying that doesn't, I'll that's say a reason not to be. do it. I'm just it saying like – It can Yeah, it
0: can be. It's it, it much um, easier. You have to be much but if more But if you start putting out in a sign in your yard – Yeah, I was going to say like, you have to be much more intentional about no, advertising.
1: you can't put a sign in your – but yeah, but that's the thing. You can't advertise normally or else like there are there are places where they've tried to do house church and homeowners associations or the county or the city challenged um, things yeah. happening in yeah. the home because they counted them as public gatherings. Yep.
0: And you're not allowed and to and have so within you, certain like, city limits and zoning yep. and all that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So there's literal legal issues with doing it that way. So you have to be really careful doing a house church. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying you have to be careful. So there's, there's, I think some really, really good things that happened with, with um, the current church structure. And obviously we're involved in it and pastored them and, and uh, will likely continue to. So um, yeah, I think they're great. I do. Likely um, to, do you know
0: something? I don't Ryan.
1: I say likely, I don't know the future. That's what I don't know. Um, what do you know? What have <laughs> they told you about me? another future? Um, so Let's talk. Let's talk cons. <laughs> um, I'm not going to tell you what I know about traditional
0: you. churches. Uh, it's it's the ADD meds. Um, there there. So I, I would go back to ritual. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, it's a it's blessing a and a curse, extra. right? It depends on how you use it. I think ritual is good, but it can lead to stagnation and rigidity. Um, mm-hmm. Tradition is wonderful when it reminds us. Tradition is wonderful when it's used for what it's supposed to do, right? Like knives are great when they're cutting food, not when they're stabbing you in the neck, right? And I think that's the thing about I mean, unless that you that's your eat. intended
1: purpose of a knife.
0: No, even then, that's not, no. I don't care. <laughs> that's not my neck and your neck specifically. Um, okay, then I'm in. Anyway, so... <laughs> So I think that that, that is, uh, it, it can be a con. Um, I won't say which church, but I went to a large, an Adventist megachurch. Um, about, I think, 3,000 people, maybe 5,000. I'm not sure um, the numbers anymore. But it, it's a large church. It's a big church, multiple service church. And Becker and I have gone to this church. And so I went into that church, and for the first time in my life, I went in, I went out, no one knew me, no one talked to me. I did an entire church service alone, anonymous. And at the time, it felt cool. At the time, it was like, ooh, this is exciting, this is so fun. Like, oh, man, I can just come and relax and enjoy the service and come out. And now looking back on it, I go, that was a real hinge point for me because I didn't realize it at the time, but you can do church anonymously. Like, you can spend the rest of your life kind of doing church anonymously. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a very scary thing and so that's a huge con that comes from having a traditional church is that um people get lost in the rigidity um i think the other thing and and i will say that i am a person that thrives on chaos and change <laughs> um in mm-hmm. the it just is adhd and my personality i i very much love change so i'm like hey we did it great it worked let's try a new thing doesn't work all right that's cool because we when we when we know, when we know we need to go back to something that works. We know we have something that works, but why not try new stuff? So for me, I see stagnation as a bad thing. Um, when you stop, when you put the Holy spirit in a box and say, you were only allowed to come out here, here and here, here are the five minute allotments that we have designed, you know, and and this is the other thing I've seen with a lot of these very high church, traditional churches um, they script the prayers, and I don't think there's anything I find it's like my spiritual pet peeve is scripted prayers because is someone it's, reading it's a prayer the opposite of what it's supposed to be. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying anytime you read like there are poems and songs, like, I get that. But the inauthenticity that comes from, and ye upon the mountain, God shall spake upon us, we lowly of the, uh, dude, you're not, like, you've taken, you've taken, we're not talking to a real being at that point. Um, and, and I will fully admit that's a generational thing. That's my personal pet peeve.
1: That's fine. I mean, I, I love hearing people. I, I know we're criticizing prayer. And and let's be clear, if you're no, praying, if you're, you're praying. praying. Like, you're I'm praying, not going to. But right. Um, I do love counting how many times people say father or God. Oh, in I had a, a prayer. I had a friend. Like, who, I, yeah. I say your name like twice in an hour of podcasting. Dude. And yet there are people who will say God like 10 times. in a And I had a friend prayer. and I
0: love him to death. And he but Lord was his like a eh, or um. To so be like, Lord, we love Lord, all the Lord with the Lord, Lord. We're so glad, Lord, that the Lord has come with the Lord, Lord, and people, Lord, 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 Lord. And it was like, dude, if you say Lord one more time, like I'm checking out, like I'm like you have to stop yep. saying it. And that's my, and, the, and, and again, that goes back to, to ritual, right? When it becomes rote routine, you lose the authenticity of it, you lose the reality of it. Um, when you pray, you're talking to a real person. When you do worship, you are worshiping a real live being. And so, to me, yes, worship should have structure. I'm not at all saying that, and I am saying that my own bias is towards a, 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 a less mm-hmm. traditional structure or a less structured, shall we say, service. Um, but at the same time, I recognize, okay, that's my own bias. But I do. There is, mm-hmm. even though that's my bias, that just means I see this from an angle that could still be dangerous. And I think that there's a lot of danger in that. Um, you lose people. You get that. Uh, I think the other real danger that, that comes from having a traditional service um, is that you start thinking that your way is the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, when you do a non-traditional service, I have been to so many non-traditional services that I've never once heard, oh, we do church the right way. Oh, I disagree oh, with see, that. I've strongly. never, I've, I've never I, heard that from. A I hear that a lot. What I, what I no, hear okay, so the that like, I always hear is, "Oh, this is how we do church." This is how
1: no, and, and I, I hear yeah. that a lot. I'm just saying it's not as immune to that attitude as we'd like okay. to think, and I think as like as much as non-traditionalists would like to think, um, because they always, uh, I hear a lot of non-traditional churchgoers and and church like leaders saying um, yeah, I, you know, we, you know, we, this is the way we do it and, you know, we figured it out and this is the way we think it should be done. And, um, and I hear them saying, or having the same kind of hubris and okay. arrogance that I hear from the traditional church. It's, it, I
0: will say I hear it less, but I still hear it. That's there fair. is a little bit of arrogance oh, to say, yeah, we found our, You've we found it. a way yeah. to do it. I haven't. I mean, that's just my thing is I have not it's experience. Yeah, it's, it, we talk about experiences. You're good. I haven't heard yeah, that, yeah. but it's true. I mean, it's true. However, I have heard from almost every single traditional service I have been to, oh, yeah, this is the correct way. I mean, mm-hmm. I hate to beat this dead horse, but I'll keep saying it again until they apologize for it. We had a major leader of our denomination step up and say, there is a right way of doing church, so be careful that you don't get led into doing these wrong ways of church. Well, no. Yeah. <laughs> Where in the Bible does it say, and thou shalt have three minutes for the children's story, and thou shalt put, make sure that thou puttest a benediction before the... It doesn't have that. Yeah. There is no liturgy. Yeah. And so when he says, oh, well, there's evil ways to do it. No, there isn't. There isn't. And so I have heard that much more. Like I said, almost every single church, either they don't think about it, which is just as dangerous, or they say, well, this is the right way to do it. And that, and that yeah. refers to black churches, that refers mm-hmm. to white churches, that refers to high church, and that refers to contemporary churches. Any traditional church, you tend to hear, oh, we're doing it the right way because we're trying to reach this person. And I'll even say I have heard the, the, the qualifier, well, we're trying to reach this audience and this is the right way for this audience. I, and I will even disagree with that qualifier. I go that far to say, mm, even t- with that particular audience, there is no right way. But I think there's a way that's effective. And you could so to me, yeah. I know it's a semantic game, but I, I would prefer to hear. I we think this is the most effective way to reach this particular. These people our Yeah, community, and you're saying we found a way that works for our community. Yeah, I'm would much more inclined to accept that than this is the right way, because I've heard that I've heard that. Like I said, I have heard that from all sides of the spectrum and it's innate. I mean, every. Uh, you're doing it because you, there's somebody yes, that believes
1: it's the best way to do it,
0: do this all the time. Right? People in communist governments said communism is the best government. People in capitalist governments say capitalism is, is the best government. People in socialists say socialism is the best. You always tend to think the way that I've done it is the best. And when facts are against you, we tend to double down. Um, it's just human tendency, it's human nature. Mm-hmm. But I will say, and again, this is from my own personal experience, that I have seen a lot more of the non traditional churches because they went non traditional. They have taken that and said there is no right way to do church, again, in my own personal experience. And they have said, since there is no right way to do church, let's mix it up. What would work best here? And I have seen mm-hmm. that be a lot more yeah. uh, uh, than in a traditional church. So that's, those are the cons yeah. from my point of view. What are some cons you've seen? Um, there's actually one recently
1: that I've kind of realized. I've never thought about it and it just kind of dawned on me. Uh, it's going to take some setting up because I'm going to go a bit higher level here, and oh, it is specifically. I, I did Adventist. forget one.
0: Can I add one real quick? Traditional churches yes, tend to ahead. be more pastor dependent. Okay, continue.
1: Yes, fair, um, and it's uh, it, it is specific to Adventism or to any denomination where the local church doesn't keep tithe. Um, it's something I realized recently, and it bugs me more than I wanted it to. Um, but let me clarify two things. A at no point in what I'm saying am I advocating for the redirection of tithe in any di- like anywhere. <laughs> I am not saying that. I'm just telling you something I realized that bugged I'm going to tweet that you specifically said we should send tithe. <laughs> I hate you. Um, two, number two, is the way that tithe works in Adventism is tithe goes up the chain all the way to the top level of of church administration. So the general conference, the world church, and then it trickles back down um, it, it it trickles back down to all of the divisions, all of the unions, all of the conferences, and pays salaries, pays funds. I, that's the World Church budget. Basically, is the culmination of tithe plus like investment payoffs, stuff like that. But it it's tithe. It's it's uh, that pays your pastor's salary, pays other pastor's salaries, all that pays administrator salaries. Right. So your local church, if you're giving tithe to your local church, thinking that it's helping pay the bills of your local church, it's not. Unless you're giving your tithe without marking it as tithe, which in the Adventist Church would be seen as unethical. Um, so the 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 thing that bugs me about this is, and this is what I realized, is that technically by removing tithe from the local church, technically what we're doing is is siphoning out money from local communities. We are literally taking money out of local communities, and the only part of that that gets put back into that local community is basically. Whatever, how many, however many conference employees you have at your church, their salaries. Um, And I, that, but that realization just bugs me. It's unsettling to me. I don't have any alternative. I'm not saying we do away with our tithe structure. I'm not saying any more than what I'm saying. I'm just saying that, that bugged me. Um, It, it, it just bugs me that, that a lot of our, our money can't actually go back into helping grow our communities and be impactful in our communities. I do think that's just a con of the current church structure. That's it. That's all I'm saying there. Um, So (laughs) that's where I'm at there. Um, I I see that a lot with the
0: first one. Um, The second one, I'm like, well, that's kind of, what are you going to do? It's wrong, but like. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The first first part, though, I can see where you're going with that. I can definitely see where you're going with that. Yeah. I, so that's, that's where,
1: that's where I'm at there. I just, I'm just laying that out. I'm not trying to tread on hot water. Like, like I'm not, I'm not trying to do that. It's just, it is what it is. Um, I think the other, um, another con for me is the, um, not just the rightness or the rigidity I'm trying to figure out how to say this. Um, oh, this is it. I, I know exactly. How I want to say this. It is the subtle implied expectation of, Or or, or teaching. No, not expectation. It's the teaching. It is the subtle implied teaching that to become a better Christian, you become a better church member. Um, By you supporting this building more, you are getting to the next level of Christianity. It's like by by
0: being um, a good—in order to be a good citizen, you have to obey the law.
1: Yep. Yeah, the next step in your Christianity is to become a deacon. Then it's to become an elder, you know, and that's like the pinnacle. Um, Attend, give tithes. We do that a lot. It tends to to make
0: it very check the boxy kind of.
1: And there was someone who left Elevation Church a few years ago, and he was on the Bad Christian podcast, and he talked about that very fact. He was like, at Elevation, I felt like the way to be a better Christian was to be more involved at Elevation. And this is something now that I'm very careful in my rhetoric from up front, from talking with members to say like... Hey, this this is a community that's meant – or not this is a community. This is a building that's meant to be a vehicle for um, community, for you expressing your faith, for you expressing your gifts. This church is supposed to be an avenue for you to do that and to provide you with opportunities to do that. You are not a better Christian because you're a deacon and someone else isn't. You haven't reached the next level because you've gotten involved in your local church community. Maybe that's a part of that next level but the next level is loving the people in your life and being a Christian in, in your daily life, like and in your walk. I think it's because the emphasis,
0: the emphasis falls on—because I think you should choose those people to be your deacons and elders. You know what I'm saying? But then the expectation comes, oh, well, I want to be a deacon because those are all good guys. Rather than—and uh, when I say guy, let me rephrase that. Girls, girls, girls or, or guys, guys, yes. Those are good people. Um hmm and then with the flip side of that being, oh, well, I want to be a good, I want to be an elder because they're responsible and they're this and they're that. And it's like, no, it's the other way around. Like, you shouldn't, you should want to be a good person. And then from the good people, we choose the elders and the deacons and the leaders and the, and those are just two particular jobs, like Sabbath school, to anyone that's involved. But yeah, I get what you're saying yeah. that it, it can, you, the emphasis, the motivation can switch from.
1: Yeah. Because you you need to preserve your building. You've got bills to pay. And it can, this is another con, like it can spoil your motivations for what you're doing. You've got a bottom line that you have to make, that you have to pull in, in offering, in local giving. Um, And it means that because of the very nature of the Adventist structure, you're asking people to pay 10% tithe plus more of their income to support the local church. So if I'm already taxed at, let's say, 20% of my income, I don't, let me just assume that, right?
0: And then I have to give 68% of yeah, all numbers right? are made up on the
1: spot. It's fact. So let's just say I have to pay 20% of my income in tax. Then I have to pay 10% in tithe. And then I have to pay another 5% in offer or whatever determined I give, but it has to you know we want it to be something that's substantial if you want your building to thrive. Right. So let's say now that is 30, uh, 30, uh, 35 to 40% of my income is just gone out the door yeah. before it's even come into yeah. my hand. Um, and I get, oh, well, the tithe isn't your, mo-. yes. Okay. Semantics. I get it. I get it. Um, but it's, it is, it feels bad. Like it just feels bad, but yeah, for the preservation of the system, the preservation of the institution does become a priority at that point. And I think that can spoil motives. It can spoil, um, the things you do as well. Uh, and it can hamper you from doing mission in your local like, area. It can absolutely yeah. hamper you.
0: Yeah. We have to, you know, yeah, it absolutely well, We were can. talking when I was pastoring about you know hey let's try to see what you know the local churches are doing and i immediately i didn't nix that but i go look they can do things we can't do when it comes to service when it comes to community outreach their money stays in the community and i go I, and there are times where i'm not i don't covet it because that's a sin and i would never break the 10th commandment but i come close uh <laughs> where where i'm like man we could do so much with our church, yeah. if if we were able to keep that in-house, we could do, there's so many things we could do in this community if we were able to keep that. And I'm not saying that I want to abandon our brothers and sisters across the world. I absolutely believe that, that the mission is going out, and, and I love being a yeah, part exactly. of that. It's, it's, At the same time, yep. it's just hard because it's like, oh my gosh, I see what we could be doing here with that money. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't. I'm not saying I want to abandon yeah. local mission elsewhere. Yeah, I just wish no. we could find a way. Well, to do and,
0: and and you know, and this is where I would. I'll get on my horse for a bit. I don't like how structured we've remained in our spending of money for evangelistic efforts. Um, if anybody spends money on pamphlets, you're an idiot. At this point, at this point, you can give me all the signs you want. It works. It no if you spend more than $200 on physical pamphlets with the internet, you are, you are insane. I don't care who you are. Fight me. Jesse James Herford. Do you like me now? Um, <laughs> no, but like I, and, and, and evangelists will, will, they might disagree with me in this completely, but I go, we have the age of the internet. The fact that we as a church are spending money to make magazines still is, it baffles me. It baffles me baffles me um the business world has already said I, I that it wanna... died and we spend it on things that that instead of things that the local community that people on the ground can see we're like no it's better if we spend it for this and it's like man we need to we need we. the place that we spend the most money should be on the cusp my dad was doing this the other day he had a, he had a big drive for the nad latinos and he said it, it amazed him because he goes, we have all the stuff on, all you have to do is sign in on this on the site and register, and it's free. On the site, all the stuff, you can stream it all and download it. And he goes, but these older ones, they want their DVDs. They will not do it without their DVDs. And it's like, what? you have the internet at your site. I know, I've been to that church. Like, you can do this, and they won't do it. They'll, they, they will only do it if they have their DVDs. And it goes back to, I mean, I get that, Some people are going to get left behind if you don't do that, but you have to be able to move forward. If you're going to spend significant money on some of these stuff, like you have to be on the razor edge. Like you cannot, you cannot be paying these graphic designers to make stuff from the seventies and eighties. You know what I mean? These, these PowerPoints and stuff that is not, I
1: I want to disagree with you, Tony. Unfortunately, I literally can't because in a month uh, a magazine is, coming out in a different state. I think it's, I don't remember yeah. what state, but Illinois maybe, I don't remember. But coming out in a different state that features, like it's an inter- there's an article in there that's an interview with me about Adventist podcasting. So I can't disagree with you because I would be a <laughs> hypocrite.
0: Well, and, and that's, the, <laughs> uh, but that's the reality is like, <laughs> we need to be able to go, di- and, and here's the thing, I'm not saying get rid of publications. I'm saying go digital. Go digital, like that's the future. Like we need to be anyway. That's my hobby horse. I'll get off the hobby horse. I just think, yeah, there are ways. It hurts when the money goes away, Mm -hmm. and you see it go out, and you are like, oh, there could be so much more. And that being said, I, 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 that's one that I don't know what we can do about. That's a con that I, I don't know.
1: Well, and in general, like here's the thing too, because I want to talk about alternative models, but the the one thing that I want to really be clear about is no matter what model that we find out, we could probably poke oh, yeah. holes in it. Like, like no matter perfect. what. Even if you you could go back you could back to go back to Acts. And you of, know what the whole way, yeah. you know what the biggest con in the, the process of acts or in the book of Acts was? The biggest con was that it relied on people to be honest. Yep. <laughs> Yep. And if they weren't, it could potentially screw over the entire thing. Well, and then community.
0: it got insular, so God had to, like, literally send the cops to break it up and send it, because he's like, you're not meant to stay in Jerusalem, go. And so they then they started yep. dispersing. So, like, yeah, like, I mean, there, there there is no one perfect way. And understand, we are poking holes because we want to say, hey, this is what we do well, this is what we can improve on. Um, so I don't even like saying cons. I like saying challenges right these are the challenges yeah they're obstacles they things, things that we yeah, can improve on um and yeah i think that there there are lots of things that we can do to improve um but i think also when you look at non-traditional churches there's just as much i mean and and and, and this is i will also say this know your community okay know your community i lived in texas it did not make sense where i was at to have a non-traditional church People would not have gone to it. They, they. Ah, I wouldn't. I won't say that. It, it, the most effective, the thing that people grew up with that they were expecting was a traditional type of church, even if it was contemporary, at least traditional. And so, know your audience. Know what's going to be most effective in that area. Um yep. But yeah, I, everything has a hole. I mean, everything can be improved on, and that's good news, right? Yeah, because it means that, like, in the same way—like, this is the same thing—in the same way that
1: you're never going to become a perfect Christian before Jesus comes back, your church is never—like, it's something to continually strive for. It's a reason to keep looking at yourself and to say, how can I chase after yeah, God how can, today? How can um, how can I get closer to him, and how can I follow Jesus Well, it's like better? asking those
0: questions that Francis Chan did of, how can I become more like Christ? How can this church become more like Christ? For them, for him, it meant stepping away from a salary and for them selling their building and going completely, you know, outdoors and— um, it wouldn't surprise me if that saved Francis Chan's faith.
1: It wouldn't surprise it me, especially now looking at looking at what's happened to yeah. megachurches with Mark Driscoll, well, Perry Noble, um, all these all these megachurch pastors, Darren Patrick, all these guys who were getting caught up in abuse scandals. Um, uh, what's his name from Willow Creek? Yeah, uh, Hybels. Hybels, uh abuse scandals, power scandals, um, well, I, like all of it, it. Like,
0: yeah, I think Francis Chan and got even saved. Beyond that. I th- I still go back to and now it's a bit dated. I think it came out what four years ago or something. The uh, the, the Will Creek they basically wrote their their big, they did their study and they said, uh, you know, we were wrong. Everything we did um, and the quote that I'm specifically going back to and I'm paraphrasing and I wish I I should have read up on this more before I brought it up. But um, they said we weren't making better Christians. We were making better church members, and it yep. goes back to exactly what you said. About you know the way to progress is to be better church members, um, but I, I think that that was the the, the issue that we, even with Francis Chan is he was questioning that same thing you were saying. I'm just making someone a better church member. That's not Christianity. That's that's not what it's supposed to be about. Um, no, that's just business. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's a little bit different in the non denominational. Realm, although he was cornerstone, so I think he was it in our nation. But it's a little bit different in that area because you tend to have a little more merch and that kind of stuff. But we have it in all aspects of the Adventist Church. I mean, we have Oshkosh coming up this summer, and that's a business. Um, mm-hmm. so you know, we have we have it all. So it is and it isn't. But you, I think I think that's the big things you have to question and look and say. Um, you know is this the most effective for my area? Is this the most effective way? So with that, let's talk about alternative models.
1: Yeah, um, I think, and I don't, I don't know that I have a clear answer here. I don't think that I, I have a, like a perfect alternative to suggest, not just because one doesn't exist, but because like, I, I honestly, like, I know I do a podcast about this and we talk about this, but I, I, I don't know that I've done enough prep work on this to be able to like right. give you a laid out yeah. plan for what I think this should be what we do next basically the alternative model to church that I would propose though at this point is not necessarily changing the model but changing the way we approach the model um, so I actually see the problem being more about our mindset and approaching it rather than the model itself I think the model is a neutral thing I think it is just a vehicle for community and how we treat that model is 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 vastly important like I remember when I preached to my church members in South Carolina at one point and I said um, that going to church on Sunday like remember Adventist, uh, I told them going to church on Sunday isn't a sin. And they flipped out like they like you could watch their brains like break, trying to understand what I are flying
0: off. It's like that SpongeBob meme where they're like,
1: burn it, burn it all. And so then I proceeded to read the fourth commandment. And I said, where does it say that you have to worship on the seventh day? It says you need to rest and you need to make and you need to make sure others are resting around you. It's not say you worship. Um, Granted, the act of rest in that it is a worship experience, but there's nothing about corporate like go to church, go to the temple and worship on this day, right? Not only that, but there's nothing wrong with worshiping any other day of the week either.
0: There's nothing wrong with the temple literally every day.
1: Yeah, that's like like so. I I told them that, and then I um and then I said the reason that we all go to church on Saturday is because it's the day we all have off. (laughs) <laughs> like, it's just the day that all of us have a free, a hole in our schedule that we could go and, and do church together and worship together. That's why, like, theoretically, the average church could say, all right, Saturday's our holy day. We're, go, we're, we're, we're doing public worship services on Monday. And they wouldn't really be breaking anything that I can think of biblically. Like, it just would make us all really uncomfortable because it's weird and we've never done anything different. But that's the point. We've never done anything different the way we approach or the mindset that we have when we approach what we've always done and the things we've always done, I think needs to be shifted. And I think we need to start asking the question, like, what is the real cost of what we're doing? What is the outcome of what we're doing? And what needs to change? I get that Pathfinders may have been the thing that saved your life. But if no one's in Pathfinders anymore, maybe it's time that we don't do that ministry anymore. Um, If if your church is... um is if five people are meeting in your church building and it's costing you more money than you can than you can pay to keep it up then maybe it's time to sell the church building and to and to replant and to uh, build from scratch maybe like i think that i think not the i don't think the model necessarily needs to change so much as our mindset and our approach to it that's kind of, I think, where I'm at right at this second. That will probably change over time, but I think that would be where I would start at least, because I think that is something realistic that we can do right now. I could propose ideals all day long, but I think if, if each of us started asking that question individually on how we contribute and what we can do differently to chase Jesus better, to follow after him better, and to love people better, then I think, yeah, we, we, absolutely, um, we absolutely can change the way we do church without actually changing the way we do church. It's wild. But that's where I'm at. I don't know, Tony, if you have any thoughts. You look like you're processing. No, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm with you on that. I think so. I would, I would stay with you hundred percent. I'll go bigger and go smaller. How's that sound? Um, so when it comes to looking at church, I think we need to say, you know, one thing that I had that I, I, I discovered this kind of too late for my first church um, and I started kind of crying it at the end, but it kind of needs to become a war cry for, at the very beginning, which I'm going to do when I get to my next one, which is count the people in your community. Go online, find the census. How many people live in your town area community? That's the amount of people hmm. for Adventists and for Christians, but that's the amount of people that need to hear about the gospel. And for Adventists, those are the people that need to hear about Jesus' soon coming, the three angels' message, right? Those are the ones who need to hear our specific—they need to be ready. Like, Jesus wants them ready, or at least to have the the choice and the option, right? So for my first town, that was 60,000. So we needed to look at our church and say, how do we come up with a model that allows us to reach 60,000 people, right? maybe that's a 10-year plan, maybe that's a five-year plan, you know, ambitious, maybe that's a 20-year plan. I don't know, I don't care. I mean, you know, 20-year plans, at that point, you have to keep, you know, evaluating because, all right, it's going to either grow or shrink, but the reality is, those are the amount of people, that's what you need. So you need to look bigger. I think we need to aim bigger because I think part of the reason why we stay so small, part of the reason why we have these five-member churches that we say we need to, is because those five people aren't going out and meeting people in their community. Even these dying communities, I'm like, those dying communities still can be ministered to. Um, And so I think that, like what you were saying, how can we do this? I think also church, again, big picture, church needs to not be about us. Um, And we've said it before on this podcast, I will keep saying it until the day I die. Church is not about you. Church is not about you. I have no problem with you getting a blessing out of church. I have no problem if you're burned out and need a place to rest. But church is not about you. It is about the people who are burned out. It is about the people who, who are in the community. Those are the people that need it. Yes, I am here to help you. I am here to, you know, we as a community need to gather together and, and, and support each other. But it is not about you when you make church about you then you say things like well i really didn't like the music today i don't care whether you like the music or not i really do not care what i care is if someone walks in off of the street are they going to be touched by the songs that were there is this reaching the Mm -hmm. community if your community is all retirees all right sing you know songs from the 60s and 70s Sing those old hymns, they're going for it. If they like it, then they like it. That's what your community is. But I don't care about your interests. And then going much smaller, blow up your church liturgy. Blow it up. Take it out. Take a take a monkey wrench to it. Um, full on from the from the from the from the base up. Rebuild. You know, um, mm-hmm. this is a frame off restoration. You need to blow it up. If you put it back in the exact same order after blowing it up, that's totally fine by me. But be willing to get out and say anything. To Marie deconstruct Kondo, it and reconstruct it. Your church service. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I have seen more church services ruined by a children's story than I care to, to count. It's like mm-hmm. everything was going great. There was a spirit. God was there. He was moving. And then it came to a screeching halt. And philosophically, I understand why you have a a children's story, but at the same time, everything should be a children's story. If you think that children in the Bible times weren't reading about rape and sexual assault and what they do and, and the mistakes that their forefathers made, you are wrong, my friend. They were introduced to adult concepts brutally. Because if you think kids aren't being molested and they're not having to deal with adult issues... Then you are sorely mistaken. So, yes, you want to protect their innocence. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying, as a group community, you need to get together and realize every part of your service needs to be taken out, examined, cleaned off, and then either put back in or replaced. What order you put it in, how you do it. Um, yeah. The only church that doesn't need to do this realistically are Catholic churches. That's it. Because the mass is determined by the, the, uh, the Pope and the um, uh, the group of bishops it's when they get all together, I can't remember what that's called. Yeah, oh, okay. uh, the Mysterium, no, something like that. Um, I got nothing. Anyway, so th- those this those is the are, secret <laughs> life of Walter Mitty. So those are the people that they they decide yeah. what the church service should look like. Other than that, yeah, I think everybody, like your church, especially the Adventists, take it out, yeah. clean it off. And even if you put it back together in the—even if you say, this is the best way to do it, and you put it back, but but blow it up. So to me, go yeah. bigger and go smaller. Um, because those are the things yeah, that— Yeah, I agree. You know, you, and, and to me, if you say, we're going to reach 60,000 people, you're going to have to blow up how you do your church service, how you do your ministries. It's, yeah, it's, it's going change. to change. by going na- change because it's like you can't—the way we do church right now is unsustainable for 60,000 people if we really like, and, yeah. uh, you know, and uh, I won't get into all the eschatology of the, the latter rain and the spirit going out. But honestly, if we were to try to have like a, the type of growth that people had in the early church times, we're not ready for that as, as most of our churches are not ready for that type of growth.
1: Yeah. Well, I think I, I agree with you uh, on all fronts here. I think, um, man, uh, um, I think if you can't, if you if you break down your liturgy and say what do we need to worship God, um, that question then is going to change to well then what is worship and I think there there can be a more creative answer than singing and a sermon. Uh, I, I you know I I think there's uh, I think there's definitely a need if your answer to how can we best uh, or what do we need like what is church. Um, if your answer or what do we need to be able to do church? And if your answer is anything other than worshiping Jesus, then I think there's your starting point. What do I need to make church happen? I need lights. I need, uh, we need this part of the service. We need that part of the service. We need these kind of offering plates. We need pews. We need this. If your answer is anything other than worshiping Jesus. Then like, that's the place that you start from. Yeah. Openness, so, openness um, and praising and, Jesus. And, yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, coming together to, to, to give yeah. God glory. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, I think, uh, I, I had a thought, remind me of what the, the first point was that you made about bigger, uh, cause I had a point and your, I God wants you to now.
0: reach the X amount of people in your community. Oh man,
1: there was something I had so it for, and it's gone was, and it was really good.
0: Uh, well, the, I, said man, like, 60, so I said like there was 60,000. I said like there was 60,000. Yeah. Nope. I um, don't, you know, 10 year gone. plan, 20 year plan. I don't know. Whatever. Nope. It's gone. Why would you, it's, it's like gone. someone. Yes. Oh, yeah, I got, yeah, it, I I got it. it. I got it. I got it. I got it.
1: Um, I, a lot of church members, it seems like a lot of church members are walking around with this attitude of F you, I got mine. Like it's this attitude of, or like, I got mine F you. That's the, that's the way it actually goes. And what I mean by that is like,
0: forgive it, It's you? like
1: they got pulled out of a, It's it's like, it's like they got pulled out of a rushing river. And instead of turning back to help someone else get out of the river, they said, Ha ha good luck to you. I hope you get out too.
0: Or they turn around and how walk dare away. those people be in that rushing river.
1: Yeah, how dare they Look, be me, in that I got river. Myself like, the audacity out. of them. While while you're st- th- where, when someone else reached in and pulled you out. Um, it's this idea that the idea of making church about you. When you get so, out of the that situation that point. is, yes, continue. Is, when you get out Yeah. When you get when you get out of the of the place that is that is dangerous, that is harmful um, like that, that, that was sinful for you, turn around and help someone else get out of it too. Like your job changes when you're out of it. Um, and to reach back in and to pull people out. So I think, um, yeah, I think church isn't about us. I think it is about the people. It becomes about the people that aren't there yet. And, um, it, it, yeah, that was what I wanted to add there. So, um, I think, I think we've hashed this out pretty well. No, I think, it's um, good. and
0: Because, again, I think you hit it kind of on the first part. Like, we could sit here and go through each specific model all the time. But I think the principle is, uh, uh, you know, take it into the shop and really question, can we make this better or not? You know, Francis Chan yeah, did that. Absolutely. And, and that, to me, I think is also why when people call him out for that kind of a picture, I, I just say, look at his body of work. Like, look, look at the questions this man is asking. Like judge that before you say, "Oh well, look, you took a picture yep. with you know this person," and with with half an ounce of perspective. Oh yeah, <laughs> I I mean, yeah. nothing. I, I, I think, think a, it's I, a picture. Just be oh, uh,
1: yeah yeah. I took a picture with a sinner once.
0: Thank goodness. Um, no, but but it, yeah, exactly. it really is It um, really just boils down to the point of like when you ask those questions. I have never heard of someone asking those type of questions, and being coming out worse for it. I've definitely heard of those. I've definitely heard stories of people not asking those questions and those questions are asked of them. And when they don't have an answer, then they walk away from church because they can't, they don't have a good answer. But when you really fight through that, that question and you get an answer for it, even if the answer is, this is how, you know, this is, this is our ritual and whatever, even if it's something and you're like, this brings us joy, you know, Marie Kondo, that they like special music. Um, Okay, fine. If that's what works for your community. But but take it out, have the willingness and the humility um to be able to say is this gonna be effective or not? And then and then kill those sacred cows, man. That's a there's a long yep. story behind that sentence. But um hmm. yeah, you know, you, you sometimes you gotta you gotta put the thing you love um you know on the altar and say, All right, God, if if you're asking us to give this up then we're willing to do this if, if this isn't going to be the most effective and pray through the whole process right like don't just do it because for progress sake put god to the test on all of that and say god is this the way you want us to do it because i think god is calling us yeah. to be best and better mm-hmm. um biblically you know scripturally so yeah that's that's all i got to say about that awesome. i love you jesse well, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Uh, be
1: on the lookout this week on Friday of May 10. Friday, May 10, I am launching something very, very big. So be on the lookout for our Facebook page, everything. And actually, the next episode will be dedicated to talking about it. So it's, it's coming. Um, And I think it's going to be a real game changer. I'm really excited about it. So be on the lookout for that. But thank you so much for listening. If you want to support us, you can find us on facebook.com slash absurdity podcast, patreon.com slash absurdity podcast. If you want to donate and support this financially, Uh, every dollar helps us make this happen. Uh, And then if you follow us on iTunes, you can follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, you name it. Um, So thank you guys so much. Tell a friend about us if you haven't yet. Um, send an episode that you think they might enjoy or get some, get some benefit from. Um, but just thank you so much for being on this journey with us. We really, really appreciate you. Um, and with that, we'll see you next week. Today's episode of absurdity is sponsored by the haystack. The haystack is a voice for young adults in the seventh day Adventist church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more to check them out. Go to www.thehaystack.org. The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology.